Championess, championess, ole, ole, ole. Championess, championess, ole, ole, ole. Oe, 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 oe. Protafima que equipe lo di que fale aite. Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me on social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on Twitter. Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. But yeah, I can do this. How we feeling this morning? Ugh. I know a lot of you probably went out for Pata last night, seeing the party was never ending in, in Athens. Some of you might be feeling sleepy this morning, a little hungover, but... How can you not enjoy this hangover you you might be feeling today after what uh, went on last night? Ike won their 13th league title. They finally sealed the deal yesterday. I'm not going to lie. The first few moments of the game, until that first goal went in back of the net, especially when I saw Panathinaikos had scored fairly quickly in their match, was a little, ner- was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie, especially how defensively Volos was playing. Uh Gosh, the scenes were just incredible. I was so, like in a good way jealous. I hate saying the word jealous because I don't get jealous of people that often. But in a good way, I was jealous of everyone that was in Greece and able to celebrate all the fans, everyone that posted pictures, videos. Um, but what a day. What a day for to live in Philadelphia, to experience that. Uh, crazy stories coming out of... You know, I heard one story of a guy from uh, Australia flying, leaving on a Friday, and pretty much getting to Athens and only getting to spend six hours there and then flying back to Australia. And to spend that kind of money, hats, more power to you. That's something I wish I could do. And I would have, you know, if this was 10, 15 years ago, for sure I would have done that. But, you know, now with family, bills, blah, blah, blah kind of takes over so you know stories of uh fans from all over the world just going there um I don't know what the final count of people that was there it was projected that maybe they could get it over a hundred thousand people in the Philadelphia area uh just beautiful beautiful stuff man as Ike lift their 13th championship as I said um wow what a season man what a year this has been what a time to be alive as a Nike fan um just over the moon over the moon it it feels surreal it feels so surreal compared to how the last few years have gone for Ike I know I keep coming back to this and talking about it all the time but it really is something to see I mean the shambles that this club was in last year like to where if you you guys that have been with me through the long haul and I'll I'll talk more about this in a second because I went back and listen to an old episode of the podcast. First off, I mean, I'm going to give, I'm going to be a little cocky here for a second and give myself a little pat on the back because I do feel as the season went on, as the podcast went on, I think uh, if I got the count right, this will be the 53rd podcast I've done this season. I've gotten better. <laughs> um, as most people, I mean, I know most of you guys are like, are like myself, my my friends and my private circle that I've talked to, my wife that I've talked to about doing this podcast. I talk about how I don't like the sound of my my own voice, so it's hard for me to listen back to the playback and not be critical of myself, but I have to admit, I've made some great improvements. Um, 
anyway, but going back to li- thinking about doing this podcast at the beginning of this this season, early fall of last year, late summer, early fall, just the difference in mentality. I remember thinking to myself, and I made this comment in one of the episodes, I remember it clear as day, where I said, I didn't want Ike to change Ipipedo or to change um, their culture to become a kind of mid-table side, a kind of side where you wind up being, and no disrespect, this is no disrespect to this club, I I don't know what else to compare it to, but to become someone like an Adis, where, yeah, you could build a nice enough roster to where maybe you could possibly eke up there and maybe get one of the top spots and contend for European football uh, to really not be a championship contender anymore, which I've said before, even though Tony Bacos fans especially might sound like a joke. Uh, growing up as an Ike fan, Ike meant you, you compete for the title as hard as you can, you compete for the cup, and you play well in Europe. I think that was the standard of those those three clubs, and not to take Pao Canadis out of this conversation, but for Ike, Olympiacos, Panathinaikos, that was always the gold standard. You compete for the title, you compete for the cup, and you compete to have a good uh, good showing in Europe. Um, I was really afraid that this team was going to become like, like an Adis, like a, a mid-table team, a team that, you know, is in the upper echelon of Greek football, but just can't compete for titles anymore. Uh, and, you know, we were getting pounded by all our rivals. We'd become a whipping boy for Ibiakos, for Pau. You know, we could barely beat a dysfunctional Panathinaikos uh, team at the time. Wow, to be sitting here a year later after having all these question marks about this club and wondering what direction this club is going to be in. Again, I mentioned this before. Part of the reason why I started this podcast was because I wanted it to be kind of a a forum where I could vent my frustrations about this club. And I'm sure in the future and even during this season, there's been times where we've been critical about either – the manager's decisions, the players play on the on the pitch, and the 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 front office decisions sometimes. Even though that it's it's come to this point where we are champions, um, <laughs> wow! To be able to turn around this club in such a small amount of time, hats off to the management. How they finally got something right. I even said this at the beginning of the podcast, of this podcast series, that I never thought this team had a terrible roster. I never thought that they made bad hires at coach. I mean, the, the worst hire they made as far as a manager is concerned, I think bringing back Manolo one too many damn times. Uh, Cardoso set this club back at least a year and a half to two years with the decision to to have him bring in all these Portuguese players that, quite frankly, I mean, I'm not going to lie, sucked. There's no other way to put it. I mean, who remembers Paulinho? Who remembers uh, Simao? Uh, 
you know, even though Cardoso at the time was considered very highly rated in in in, in the footballing world and in the management, and I even said, uh, <laughs> I even heard myself say, um, listening to an earlier podcast from the beginning of the of the show, uh, where some people had dubbed Almeida, and these people are probably feeling stupid today had dubbed him Cardoso 2.0, that the style of football that he wants to play is just not going to work. Excuse me, guys. That, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, he wanted to play three at the back. The team, as soon as the, uh, the, the friendlies were over and the official matches began, did not look too good. I had stressed over those first few weeks that I was afraid. I had seen all the work that Almeida had done. I had seen that he's going to be a great manager. And I preached patience to people. And I really hoped that some results were going to go our way. And that Almeida was going to stick around for a while. Well, results went much better than expected. You know, in May is when you have to tally up what a manager has really done for you. Um, that's something that we have to learn in Greek football. That's something we have to learn to live with. And we have to remember this moment and remember all that Almeida has done because eventually, at some point, this team's going to come through a bad stretch in the future. Uh, the future does look bright. I hope Almeida's able to stay for, for, for a long time. I hope he's able to work through that entire contract that he, that he signed. Um, yeah. But getting back to... The uh, let me let me let me take it back to <coughs> what I really want to talk about. Sorry, guys, I'm getting one of those coughing spells again. Is my preseason predictions now? Like I said, I was listening to the podcast. It was very hard to listen to. So all you guys that have been with me through the long haul that have really listened to almost every episode, I thank you. I thank you to sticking with me. I thank you to believing in me. Thank you for all your nice messages on social media. It really keeps me going. It really makes me want to work harder to make this a better podcast. And I'm going to work on some things when the off season comes uh, to try to make this podcast a little bit better. So I really, really thank you, especially going back through and listening to those episodes. Like I said, uh, was I was kind of cringing at how my voice was sounding, how much dead air there was at times. Uh, I really, really thank you. But in one of the early... This was the game right before the season kicked off against La Mia. I had made some preseason predictions, and I had my top five here. So let's go over it really quickly, and then I'll talk about uh, more about the, the champions. So my top five predictions were Olympiacos was going to be champion. I just felt in that moment that being the fact that Ike were a new team with a new manager, even though I had seen them playing better football, even though I could kind of predict that the football was going to get better and that this team was going to get better, I still thought with Olibacos' roster, Olibacos' talent, that they were going to win the league. And to be honest, I mean, to have the crappy year that they had and to, I mean, just a few weeks ago before we beat them, they were still in the title hunt. Um... You know, I I, uh, I think if they can get a decent manager, not even a really good manager, as far as the league is concerned, uh, they'll be challenging for the league next year. On, on talent alone. <coughs> and I said Ike would come in second, which honestly was a bold prediction on my part because no one had us 
coming in second. I mean, I listened to some pundits in Greece that said that uh, this could turn out even bad for Ike, that I could finish where they finished last year, be fourth or fifth. Um, I predicted Ike would finish second and finish just right behind Olympiacos. I predicted that Olympiacos would have won the title within 10 points, but it would be a lot closer than what a lot of people think or what it's been the past few years. I had predicted that the the Derbys were going to be insane this year because I thought that everyone had stepped their game up. My prediction on that was correct. Everyone had stepped their game up. All the teams looked a little bit better, except, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with the exception of Olympiacos obviously losing the championship and coming in third. Um, so I second, Panathinaikos third, and I even made this comment that it was going to be a classical uh, battle for the championship between Olympiacos Ike and Panathinaikos. Because, uh, I mean, not to demean Pauk or Aris, but Pauk, yes, they've become a, a heavy hitter in Greek football since Savidis has come in and taken over the club. But before that, I mean, let's be completely honest, Pauk were one of those teams that would hover in mid-table. They would, they would uh, sometimes come in third if they were lucky. Um, I did, one thing I did get wrong was Pauk and Adis kind of switched places. I had Pauk finishing fourth. I mean, I had Adis finishing fourth and Pauk finishing fifth. A lot of people early on in the season were high on Adis and um, saying how Adi was going to be the dark horse, that there was even talks of people saying, oh, they could even be going for the championship. Obviously, that prediction didn't come to fruition. Uh, I predicted that Luchescu was going to go out. And honestly, I mean, listen... I hate the guy, and I hate saying this, but he proved this year that he is a tremendous manager. Now, he's an idiot behind the microphone, and his mentality is completely third world, in my opinion, but he showed his managerial skills this year because Bauk were in very much disarray at the beginning of the season. To bow out of the, the, the Europa League against the team that they did, I forget who they lost to early on in the season, and then... Uh, to not start the season off so well in the league, uh, and then to, to kind of discover some of their young talents. Anyway, but some things that I was right on, some things that I was wrong on. I'm so glad I was wrong on who the champions were going to be. It's felt so surreal. I mean, that's the word that keeps coming to mind. Uh, watching the celebrations, if you haven't seen them, you could go on, on YouTube and just search it. Uh, Mateus Almeida just jumping around. Lighting a flare, which is kind of ironic uh, and awesome to see. This guy has just brought an energy to the club. He's transformed the the culture. And just not just in the, the way of managing the team on the pitch, how he cares about everyone. How in an, in an interview before this match and after, he thanked everyone. He thanked everyone from the president of the club to his players, to his staff, even to the people that uh, that maintain the pitch, and that means a lot. That means that that when what Almeida is doing is he's running this team like a business, and that means a lot. When you go out and you talk to your employees, you talk to everyone from the from bottom side up, because that's what you have to do. That's how you change the culture of a club and the culture of a of a business is 
you take care of everyone and you make everyone feel special and important. And I mean, he did it even when uh, they were in Holland for, um, for the training where he took pictures with the kid that was cutting the grass. If you guys remember in, in the early season and, and, and kind of brought him into a, a kind of interview and, and talked to him every day and talked to the players and um, just <laughs> for me, you can say what you want about anyone. I mean, on the pitch, I don't even think I can pick an MVP. I mean, I know that Steven Zuber has really showed his money's worth, the sacrifice that this guy made. I mean, to say, I'm not going to go to the World Cup. I'm going to take care of the issue that I have so I can be better for this club. For someone to put their club over their country and their opportunity to go to a World Cup, especially at, at his age. I mean, I know he's very talented and he could potentially still be making the next World Cup roster for Switzerland. But to take that kind of risk to say, okay, am I going to make it? Am I not going to make it next time? I mean, most people honestly would have picked country and been like, oh, no, I want to go play in the World Cup. Even if that means just sitting on the bench, like I want to go to a World Cup. And then uh, just worry about having the surgery when I get back or having it in the off season. But he said, no, he said, I'm going to sit here, have my surgery, give myself time to recuperate and just um, the, the, the goals, the important goals that he scored, the way he's played in the second half of the season, the way he's taken over this team and taken over that spot where, um, Almeida has put him in ever since the captain Araujo has gotten injured right behind the um, uh, right behind the center forward. I mean, it's just been incredible. And I, I can't stress enough the importance of the goals he has scored. I mean, the goal against Ronicos, the uh, goal last week against Adi, just so many games where he's come up big time and time again. The goal where he, and it was his work. It was his, he was able to get away from a defender, had Ike on the counter and got the ball back and was able to put the ball in the back of the net yesterday to start the party off and to kind of ease everyone's mind. Cause we all know it guys like, yeah, we're playing Volos and the chances of us losing to Volos was very, very highly unlikely. But at the end of the day, it's football. Anything can happen on the football pitch. And especially a few minutes before that, I was running some errands, going to the grocery store, it was Mother's Day yesterday. For me to be able to watch all this in peace, I promised my wife I would I would uh, grill out for her, and and after the match was over, it would be all about her because it's Mother's Day. Um, so I was running some errands, and I was listening to the radio, and they were you know on the radio they were talking about teams that uh, basically choked at the end of the season, that either they were in the title hunt and choked, or they had the lead and and lost the title in the on the last day and. Uh, no one had ever done it at home, so that was a plus going into our book on our side. Um, but still, until the game was over, until the match was over, you were still kind of nervous, you know. Uh, after So he got the party started. Um, what can you say? There's so many players, and I'm going to go through it. I know I haven't been so good at them. Um, breaking down the matches lately and, and talking about my views and how I saw things play out on the pitch. It's just hard. It's been hard over the last couple of weeks to really break down stuff. Um, 
and take and take notes like any any notes that i've been taking have just been mental because i've just been so engaged in these matches so emotionally invested i mean i think any id can sympathize how from the celebration the heartache to nervousness the butterflies in your stomach like i couldn't even eat yesterday before the match i was just you know my wife was like (laughs) are you not gonna have anything to eat you know, lunchtime or breakfast or anything. And I, and I had a little something, but I was like, I can't eat. I got so many butterflies in my stomach. And I was trying to explain to her that this would be the ultimate choke job. I said, if, if God forbid something happens and I could lose this match, I'm literally locking myself in the bedroom. Don't talk to me for like three or four days. I'll come out when I'm ready to come out. Uh, you know, half, half kidding, honestly. Um, but all is well, ends well. Uh, as soon as the second goal hit the back of the net, like I said, okay, this is definitely over now. Um, hats off to Almeida to keep the players poised and, you know, because he knew there was a job to do. And, we, and we've seen it before in football where the other team's not just going to lay down. They have pride in themselves. I think looking at it from the other side, it'd be fun to play spoiler if I was in that position, you know, to kind of have a whole entire stadium booby you. Now, if you were to score a goal that would cost – the other team a championship, I think you would have to not even go to the locker room. Just go to the locker room, grab your stuff, and get the hell on the bus because uh, a whole stadium of people are going to be looking for you with misplaced anger. But um, none of that happened. Um, It was a very big celebration. I mean, to see – who else can I talk about? Anastasiades. So fun stat that they said during the match yesterday that um, all 13 times they – Ike have been crowned Greek champions 14 times if you if you count 08. Um, all 13 times they've had a, a Greek goalkeeper starting. And to see the emotions come out of that guy, it must have not been easy. It must have not been easy to go through tremendous disappointments with Ike emotionally, psychologically, and then to go on loan last year and have such a wonderful year at, at Shedif. Um, he even, you know, played well in the champions league and to come back at Ike and to still have yourself questioned. And I still wonder, you know, one of the comments that I heard on the radio during this week was, uh, Oh, I definitely need another goalkeeper. They need to go out and get a Choa. They need to go out and get, no, they don't. They have two tremendously talented goalkeepers. Goalkeepers are going to make mistakes, guys. They just are. That's just, I mean, and really, Anafasiadis, you know, yeah, he had a terrible game against Pauk and Saloniki, but that's the only time that it really sticks out to me. I'm sure he made other mistakes during the season, but he also had tremendous saves. I mean, that save against Panathinaikos, that was a championship-making uh, save. Um, does he have 100% complete quality? Is he, is he as good as, you know, is he perfect? Heck no. If he was a perfect goalkeeper, he wouldn't be playing for Ike. I'm sorry. Um but to see that emotion come out of out of his face, um, he was crying in tears, watching all the players and seeing how much it meant to them uh, was just uh, very, very touching um, to see, you know, Gatsinovich and Vida, Vida. I mean, what can you say? The guy is a born champion. This is his fourth different club, fourth different country he's playing in, and fourth different championship that he's won. 
to see a lot of players that never won a championship. And I never knew this. I thought Zavellas was part of Pauk's championship team, but he wasn't. He had never won a championship before. To see Zavellas, everything this poor guy has been through, and to stay mentally tough as he is and to stick it out with his club. And you saw the way other defenders and other players were hugging him, how much he means to that locker room. And that was something that had come out earlier in the season. Uh, the smile on Mandalo's face and obviously Araujo, mad respect to our captain Araujo uh, for, you know, wearing the the A armband, which some people might have thought it stood for Ike, but it actually stands for Aki's. <laughs> the Adis fan that was tragically killed in the Saloniki. Um, man, there's just so much, so much to say. As far as their their work on the pitch, I'm thinking I'm saving that for after the the, the cup final. Um, simply because, like I said, I, I, I want to focus on that and I want to go through it. It'll be a longer podcast and I'll go through and then we'll tally up the season for each fight. No matter what happens in the cup final, like... Obviously, we want Ike to win. We we want this double so bad. This double would mean so much. And trust me, that would throw me through the moon. Um, and especially given the team that it would come against, being the fact that we've lost three straight f- cup finals to Pauk and four straight overall. I mean, normally I wouldn't, like, if obviously any football fan, if someone tells you you either have the choice to win the league or win the cup, <laughs> 99% out of 100 people are going to say, oh, win the league for sure. <coughs> Gosh, I'm so sorry about the cough. But um, this cup final is different. It's going to be different from 17-18, uh, that other year that we were really gunning for the double where we met Balk in the final. Because that final really hurt, right? Because Balk fans kind of felt vindicated. Because you had, uh, I think it was actually the last final where there was both sets of fans there. But you had both sets of fans when the players came out screaming, Nati, Nati, Protacites, here come the champions. Because of the whole controversy with what went on in Tumba that year. And uh, just it was it was heartbreaking. And it was especially heartbreaking to see how that team went out onto the pitch and just they looked defl- deflated. They looked... Uh, in football terms, not in literal terms, hungover, in a sense, from the from the championship celebrations. I don't think this will happen in Almeida team. This team is very tight-knit. I think Almeida has been told, and he has mentioned, how important it is that we win the double. Mentally, I think Ike are going into this match a lot better than Pauk. Pauk have a lot of pressure on them. They were booed off the pitch yesterday when they lost to Libiakos. They lost the... Europa League spot, so for them to get the better uh, European ticket, as they say, they're going to have to beat Ike in the final. Ike has owned them, even though we lost that one game in Tumba, 2-0. Anyone can tell you who the better team was that day, even though the scoreline didn't reflect it. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting final. I just I just wish Greece and uh, not the fans themselves, because there's we all have idiotic fans. And I'm sorry, I hate how the ultras organizations get blamed for the whole uh the whole hooliganistic activity that happens uh between fans in Greece. And and it's sad. It's twenty twenty three. 
But I, I put this solely on, on, on the government and I put this solely on the, on the people that run Greek football. If you wanted that type of behavior to be, to be out of the game and be taken care of, you could have it done. I mean, for the Greek police to come out and say in various different parts of the country where they've tried to have this, this cup final held, for the Greek police to come out and say that we cannot handle a crowd of 800 people if, or less than that, if each team was allowed to say, let's say, have 400 guests uh, from each team, then that's uh, that's distasteful, disgraceful. I don't even know what to call it, man. Like uh, it's very horrible as a as a government for you to come out and say that, and as a as a, a policing, like the 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 law enforcement officials to come out and say that in Greece. It's uh, it's terrible for the country because I wish one day we would have a, a cup final where we see both fan, sets of fans. For me, as I've said before, and, and I feel like I say this every time this topic comes up, and I'm sorry if I'm getting tiring, but I cannot wait for the day when we can see away fans in big derby matches. Like I want to see Ike fans in Tumba. I want to see even Balk fans come to come to Nea Philadelphia. I want to see Olympia Cross fans in Nea Philadelphia. I want to be able to go to Karaskaki. I want to be able for a few fans to be in, in Low Photos. For me, it, it's unfair and it's unesthetically pleasing to not have the away fans there. Um, some of the funnest matches to watch on TV is in other competitions when the away team scores and there's just that one away end and it goes from being loud as you know what in that stadium with home fans to just hearing the the roar of the away fans when the when the ball is put back in the net by the away team um but that's the topic for another day wow i mean how incredible is this guys first year now philadelphia i would not have not in my wildest dreams that we would be champions going for the double <coughs> A light blemish. And what did I say at the time? Forget about that first loss against Olympiacos. Yes, history will write that, that Olympiacos was the first team to beat us in Philadelphia. But we won the championship. I'll take that any freaking day of the week. And to be honest, I'll always talk about this. If that freaking Mukudi header would have went in, I don't think I'd lose that match. I honestly think still to this day, and I'll be saying it for a long time, if that Mukudi header hits the back of the net, I think I flip the game around and they wind up winning that match. Not just coming back and putting another goal and tying it. Olibiakos were really, really on their back heels in that match. Um, even though that happened, we're still champions. We're gunning for the freaking double. How crazy is this, man? I can't uh, can't even fathom it right now. I wish I wish the the Cup final was this was this. Uh, this Wednesday instead of the next Wednesday. It's going to be on the 24th. Uh, played behind closed doors, obviously. Very few fans there. And even at times when these two teams have met with few fans, there's always some type of, um, I don't want to say violence, but, you know, confrontation. Um, it's going to be interesting. And I'm glad that Ike are champions. I think that if we didn't win the championship, then this Cup final would be up for question. Listen, it's one match. But at the end of the day, like if it doesn't happen, yes, we're going to be sad for a day. But at the at the end of the day, we're going to be champions. Um, 
but given the form of both clubs right now and given how they've played in in the season um i give a slight edge to us and i really do believe i mean i don't want to jinx it but i really do believe that we're going to wind up winning the double beating balk and just finish the season on such a high note and then we're going to have european football ladies and gentlemen next year regardless on what uh category or not category ugh. What uh, competition it's going to be in, we're going to have European football. Because now Ike officially being champions, even if they drop out of Champions League, they drop out of the the Europa League, they're guaranteed a um, group stage position in the Europa Conference League. So exciting times that I do this. Let me see here if I have any uh, other notes to... To go on, just congratulations to everyone, man. Just congratulations to this team. Congratulations to Almeida. Hats off to him for putting this team together. Congratulations to all those people like Mandalos, Rota, Anathasiades. Trying to think of some of the older players. Zuber, even. Uh, all these players that at the end of last year, everyone, including myself, wanted to chase out of town. <laughs> I even said it at the very beginning of the podcast last summer that I thought Mandela's time had come up. I thought he was going to leave. Um, you know, I thought it was wrong that um, hearing the rumors that I heard that Milisanidi was getting trying to get him to stay. Uh, just phenomenal, man. Just it feels it feels incredible, doesn't it? We're champions. I I I can't get over saying that i can't get over being in my car by myself chanting championis championis nati nati protafites listening to the ike theme song over and over and over again or the ike anthem for that matter uh just countless text messages um tweets dms that people are sending me thank you everyone thank you everyone for the support of this podcast and if you have a moment please rate the show it really helps it Tell a friend, regardless on whether he's in IG or not, so we can grow this show. We can become a bigger part of IG this and Greek football fans and Greek sports fans in general. Um, but thank you so much to all those. I wish I and then I'll and I'll get better at this, guys. I'll start jotting down names that way. I can give out shout outs to all the kind words. I had someone on Twitter hit me up yesterday and couldn't wait for an episode to come out. It gave me motivation to come out and, and take some time off to put this episode together and edit it and really put this content out there today. Him telling me that they, they really enjoyed the show and they listen to every episode. And God bless you. If, you. if you've listened to me from the beginning and put up with how uh, amateur this podcast was at the very beginning, uh, thank you so much for sticking with me. Thank you so much for believing in me. But as I said the other day, have a beer, have or have something. Uh, just I hope everyone that was in Greece really enjoyed themselves last night. If you were able to be in Philadelphia, even if you're not from Greece, if you're able to travel to Greece to go to Philadelphia and celebrate, it looked like one amazing party. And I can't wait to one day be able to go visit that stadium and watch a match there. And now I'm thinking, <coughs> excuse me again. It's probably going to be a little while before I can get tickets to go in and uh, and watch the match and watch a match there if I can go back to Greece. 
Uh, there's a slight chance that I might be going in September, so fingers crossed. Definitely, I'll, I'll, I'll put out some videos of my my experience with that. Maybe reach out to some people, see if anyone wanted to get together and meet. Uh, but guys, enjoy your week. We are champions, and I'll be back. Um, maybe I could. I think I'm gonna do a little preview pod. Don't know when exactly before the Cup final. Um, as it gets closer, but just enjoy this one and and to to win this championship, to win this championship where so much s talk, so many they can put out whatever statements they want. Mega TV can show whatever the hell they want on their on their channel. Anyone can say whatever they want if they want to call it the Mizura championship. Yeah, they can stick the Mizura. You know where um, this was. This is the Swedish championship because, and we all know that every other rival fan, whether it's Panathinaikos, Pauk, Olympiakos, they all wanted to win this championship for vindication. And I, and I come out on top and I rightfully come out on top because we played the best football all season long. This team that Almeida has built, it's not over yet. As many of you have said all across social media, and I'll say it, this is only the beginning. Pedia, Forza, Ekara. Protafli Maxana, Tora Pamegato Double. We'll be gunning for the cup. Forza Ekara, get the next one up, man.